you're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me, as always, uh, Kevin Derso. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Been, yeah. a, been a busy week, but doing well. Yeah, it's uh, starting to get into the, the real muck and grind of the season. A bunch of games this week. We've got a well, bunch more coming up this upcoming week. One, um, one, one more, and then we all get a well-deserved break. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, before we get into that, we will talk about the All-Star game a little bit, I guess. But uh, yeah, before we get into that, follow us on the social media. Hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. We really appreciate you checking us out everywhere. Okay. Uh, at YWT Podcast. Kevin's at Kevin underscore so. Okay. Diving right into it. Uh, the Flyers had a little bit of an up and down week. Um, mm-hmm. Started the week uh, on Monday in St. Louis. It was a great game that I was actually uh, fortunate enough to attend. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. And then a another win on Wednesday night, and then a Thursday. Have, I'm sorry, Thursday night. Um, and Believe bam, me, I appreciated a, those. No, but I appreciated those two days off in between. Believe that's, me, that's fair. And man, what a game Thursday night! We'll definitely be talking about that one. Uh, and then we had a little weekend home and well, not a home back and home, but back, a little back to back at home against the Colorado Avalanche and the Ottawa Senators, and the Flyers fell short in both games. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just. Well, you want to start at the top here in St. Louis? Sure, because okay. you can you can speak to this one more than I can because you were there. Normally, it's I'm the one who's there. So yeah, so um, I do want to I, I I do want to yeah. get a feel for how the vibe was like because you're you're going and you you weren't alone among Flyers fans. They showed definitely showed a few on the broadcast. Oh, there was, was a lot. Was it okay? And I know I look. I know things are not exactly peachy in St. Louis right now. I get it. Like you know, they fired Bruby halfway through the year. It's not exactly you know playoff run material right now so no, but it, it was definitely so if that a, means you but if that means you're ripe for opposing fans to come in you know what i mean well, so it was still a heavy heavy blues crowd don't get me wrong like this wasn't sure. a this wasn't a rangers take over the wells fargo center like this wasn't a situation like that but the flyers fans that were there were in great spirits obviously as most of us are just given the fact that the team is far out out shooting expectations here well because we had also i mean like to go from the last episode to the start of this one we were we did the whole scheduled loss in winnipeg thing all week long and then came on it was like oh yeah by the way nope they won by the way they won that game so so you're already coming in riding a high of sorts because they just won the first two games of a road trip that you would have thought they would split sure so now they're going in to face a beatable opponent in st louis going for a sweep of a road trip and yeah. and it's and it's essentially their last road trip like this where they cross over time zones and they really have to play for any significant length of time um this is really fun by the way because i know like the sunday night record thing since we had since obviously the flyers had an afternoon sunday afternoon game so we, right. we had to go with the night thing so there's on there's on the fly editing happening to uh some of the banners you'll see later okay. but um in a positive way, by the way. Right. If so, and, if, uh, if I don't know if you can see what I just edited. Uh, there, one of these had a temporary yes, thing. Yes, so that is true. Yes. Um, so it's, it, you will get to it, but there's yes. a result that's coming in. That's helpful. yeah. Well, Beneficial. we we may we may touch on some breaking scores throughout the league. Obviously, if you're well, there, there's to this, one. Well, we're not going to get far enough into the other game that's going to matter. To that, but th- but this one totally actually, fun. but this one does solidify something we were going to talk about. But either, right. so anyway, back in so St. Louis, that was a really interesting game because you know. St. Louis played them tough. I mean, they were they were the better team for a majority of the game, but it's two two early third period. I mean, I, I don't know how you were feeling sitting there watching it. I know that I'm sitting there going, just kind of looking at the situation, going, you know, 
first of all, they almost it was almost tied at the end of the second. It looked like it was going to be, to be honest. I mean, they finally get, gave up a power play goal. Yes. And they score with under 10 seconds left. And, and you're like, Flyers okay. answer right back. well, and, and that was deserved. They really deserved to lead oh. that game through two. And then you gave it back like, what was it? Two minutes, three minutes into the third period. So it was tied again. And now you got to grind it out against this team in the same way you kind of did with Winnipeg. Yeah. I, I got to tell you the, the, Energy in the building amongst the Blues fans was a, a nervous energy for a large portion of the game. Like it, it okay. certainly felt in the building like the Flyers were controlling the pace. Like um, generally, obviously, generally speaking, there's flows to the gameplay and stuff. But no, they really did though. I mean, gen that was generally speaking, they were they were kind of hemming the Blues in their own zone, and the fans were restless, and it was not. So when the Flyers scored, when Scott Lawton finally breaks through early in the second, it felt it felt justified and sure. the, the fact that they kind of cranked it up for most of the period after that really, it took a lot of the life out of the building. Um, it fired I mean, they, right back up as soon as they score. Of course. I mean, they, they had but. more shots in the second period than St. Louis did for the whole game at that point. Right. I mean, they outshot St. Louis 20 to nine in the second period. St. Louis had 18 shots after the two, after the first two periods. Right. You deserve to be you deserve to be leading that game after two periods, and you you were seven seconds away from not right. And and that's, I think that's it. Really sucked the energy out of the crowd because mm -hmm. they had they had just gotten up. You get the power play, you get the quick goal sure. right away. On um, it felt like a bit of a questionable penalty in the building, but I assume they showed a replay on television that it was just super clear. I'm I wish I could remember um, exactly I, which penalty it was, it was within the game. Garnet, it was Garnet Hathaway something, and I can't remember. But um, he didn't like it. I remember he right. didn't like it. Um, I don't remember the incident. Uh, but regardless, you know, if I if I'm remembering it correctly, it was still justified. Like it was. It was I didn't. I, I wasn't sitting. Yeah, I wasn't sitting here looking at it, going, "It's not." Okay. It just he he felt like it was. He didn't like because because I I think I know which one this it might I might know it one was the high sticking no. on Kapanen. Yeah, I know that. Now I'm crossing games, so I'm gonna, I'm not even going to try to. It's do fine. That's I'm, fine. Regardless, there, I'm I'm coming off of a week with three home games and four games in general. So like, fair enough. You know. As, but right uh, in the building though, even though you've been getting outplayed the whole game, you're getting a power play. You score on it right away. The building is immediately right back up to a ten. Sure. Because at this point it's a tie game, you know what they what we think is heading towards the end of the second period, mm -hmm. and then uh, the the goal with six point eight seconds or seven seconds, whatever it ended up being. Ryan, it was under no, it was under six. Not, right, it was under seven. So it was six it, point something or other. It I think it was six point eight. I was really disappointed it wasn't six point nine, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it, um, but either either way, that really takes the pin. It puts the pin in the balloon. And well, because it's the, the type. The it's because it's the type of goal you just gave up. You know, yes. uh, the late power play goal has the same could have the same effect on you. And and the Flyers have been sometimes, you know, in years past have been that team that gives up that goal, that one that get, that puts them behind now. And you're going to have to find a way sure. to rally back from something that you don't feel like you deserve to rally back from. And it, like here, it's the sky is falling. Nothing's going the right way kind of thing. And well, they, instead they deliver it to St. Louis instead. And by the way. It's not, you know, obviously, as we get further along and we go to the third period of this game, it's not going to be the most skilled goal of the game that we're going to discuss. No. But Ryan Paling with the hand eye there to bat nice. one out of midair and score there like, oh, that was pretty. That, that looks like that almost looks like it should be kind of a nothing play. And you turn it into something because he picks up on the fact that he can bat the puck out of midair, you know, like. Yep. And, and, and I love the fact that up until this point, because it was one of my complaints in previous weeks anyway. 
somebody other than Konechny, Farabee, kind of like needs to start scoring goals, and you get Lawton and Paling. Yep. That's it, like if that didn't tell you right away what kind of game this was and how you needed it to come from the depths, then you know nothing would. So for good sure. for you know good on you know that the, that grouping of players that that bottom six group right now that needed to find a way to come through before eventually, as we'll get to, somebody in the top six was able to come through right in a very big way. But then, um, right. So the energy kind of gets sucked out of the building right at the end of the second period, and go. Well, they got it. The- they got it right back. One eighteen to the third, though, right? That's what I was gonna say. Brandon Sod puts it in. And weird goal, all- by the way, because there was a loose stick on the ice, and I think Hart uh, or sorry, not this was Harrison and goal. I'm sorry. Um, maybe right, maybe right. not in the top five for weirdest goals of the week, but a weird goal for sure. Or was or who who was in goal for this game? Um, it, it was, was Carter Hart. It was, it was Carter, Carter Hart. Hart. I was right yeah. the first time. I'm sorry. It was, yeah. Again, goalie changes and stuff. We're going to get into that later, too. Yeah, we will. Um, no, so Carter Hart kind of, I think, kind of picked up the stick there a little bit. And then there was a part, a little bit of a screen, too. So, it, it again, it kind of looks like a broken play, but it's an unfortunate it, circumstance. It's an unfortunate yeah. circumstance. And and this is it for a big chunk of the third period. I mean, the next goal that we will speak of is it nearly, you know, is with 5:33 to go in regulation. And for a lot of that period, it was kind of watching a tennis game. You know, you're kind of watching them very get, much so. Get yeah. the red line and clear. Get the red line and clear. Get the red line, and both teams were doing it. Well, I say remember. Well, and also remember that part where they only had where St. Louis only had 18 shots through the first two periods total. Yeah. They had 12 in the third period and actually outshot the Flyers 12-9. So. Sure. You know that they brought it in the third period as the home team, as kind of the you know the team that was getting outplayed for a large getting outplayed for a large portion. But let's not forget the Flyers had played a back to back earlier in the weekend. You know, like it it was still technically the weekend because it was a long weekend. Um, It was your third game in four nights. But it was still a three and four nights. Like it's it's the Flyers have played a lot of hockey. Well, and so you're pushing, pushing, pushing. Thirty three shots through two periods. You've got a two one lead to show for it. So. Goaltending's been really good on the opposite side, obviously, at that point. So you know that. And, um, you know, you're trying to find the, the you, somebody needed to make a play, is the point. And, and sure boy, enough, boy, did he. This, okay. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I know we're about 10 minutes into this show here. Yes. I, I think this is the star of the show. Oh, it definitely is going to be because so much of the whole week surrounds well, this one player. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, then you haven't been watching and you haven't been on social media all week. You haven't watched a single Flyers game all week. You haven't. Hmm. Owen Tippett is the star of the week. Yes. And it starts with. As you so eloquently put it in the group chat, putting Justin Fox jock in the upper deck. (laughs) And I had to I had to ask. So and absolutely dangling through Justin Fox, who is a, a relatively good defenseman. Sure. I mean, I don't. I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to what he's done recently. He's kind of careers kind of go to die in St. Louis at the moment, <laughs> but um, somewhat. I understand. But um, either way, Justin Falk was a solid defenseman for a lot of years with Carolina Hurricanes, and Owen Tippett made him look like an absolute traffic cone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, you're absolutely not wrong. Um, yeah, I it, like. It's just a great play. I mean, like, and it's just a player making need, an individual. Right. Play. It was an individual effort play. And sometimes that's what you need more than, you know, trying to find the perfect play elsewhere, you know, like, yeah, sometimes you just need to make a play. Um, And 
you're looking at it there. And I mean, everything about was going mean, to like we said, he undresses Falk on the move and then to stay on the backhand and elevate. I mean, you know, we've seen his shot forehand, like he's showing, you know, we're going to get into later in the week too. He showed it that the backhand's got some zip too. Right. And I mean, Hofer looked fantastic in that game. Sure. And so to which is an interesting clean which was, as he did was yeah, just, which, which was an oof. interesting choice, by the way, too, because I'm sure a lot of people would have expected Bennington. To Bennington. Go. Yeah. You I know. wish it was, man. I wanted to see his crazy <laughs> ass. Come on. Sure. I know. I, I know what you mean. Um, there, he's one of those players and there's not too many of them, but he's one of those players that you are on your toes anytime he's around because he might. His wires might cross and he might do something <laughs> illegal in 28 states. Like, <laughs> I love, I, I love how you guy. put that. Yeah, I know. I love how you put that, though. That's and like, really funny. Obviously, you're watching Evgeny Malkin for other reasons, too. But you watch his game for some of that. You watch the Matthew Kachuk game for that. Like, some guys, man, the wires cross and they just go haywire. And Bennington has been known to be one of those guys. Right. Absolutely. Uh, you're right. You're a thousand percent right. So for just for entertainment factor, money for ticket relevant, I would have I would have liked to see Benning, Bennington. But <laughs> that being said, Joel Hofer made 38 stops and looked phenomenal. Sure. Of course he did. So, you know, and, and you got to give credit where it's due, right? Like, so the goalie Absolutely. was obviously really good. That's the whole reason St. Louis has a chance in that game. He's clearly the number oh, one star the for most only of the reason. day. Oh, yeah. And and that's fine. You know, that's all well and good. And certainly wasn't Kevin Hayes. <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. That was um, <laughs> that was. Yeah, he looked atrocious. It was great. Um, <laughs> Sure. I, I I mean, I had he was, I had my own Kevin Hayes ISO cam going all game. I, I bet you did. I you know, it's funny. He ended up with a shot probably while it was still tied to two. I want to imagine. But he kind of was in a in a decent spot to get a rebound somewhere in that period. It, it was, and I felt like it was like, the first right time I saw the him the whole circle. game. I'm yeah, almost he got, positive it was the first time I saw him the whole game. He got the puck right below the face-off circle in like that patented Kevin Hayes spot. And I got nervous. I mean, some somewhere, somewhere in there, he finished with two shots on goal, one block shot and one hit. I mean, could've, sure. Could have fooled me. Sure. I mean, like if you want to talk about former flyers that had a really decent game, Braden Shen was not bad. Obviously had two assists in the game. So you got to get look great. Yo, Braden right. Shen looked good. I mean, I believe that was a milestone game for him too. They celebrated. 900th. Yeah. I was gonna say it was 900. Game. Okay. Yes. I knew they celebrated something. They showed a video package. They, blah, which by blah, the blah. way is, it, it, this is one of the hilarious parts of this. The fact that way. it tracks out against the flyers. No, it has no, no, it has nothing to do with that. They were playing the flyers. Okay. It's the part okay. where somebody like, I think I saw somewhere they added up how he got to 900 and it's like, Oh, by the way, like the number of games in LA was like six or something like that. And so like, it's like so it was all these games at the Flyers, something like 500 something games and then he's played for St. Louis for long enough that it's like 400, you know, or, or close Oh, he's to been there a long time. He'll end up playing more games there for sure. Oh, more games in Yeah, of course he will yeah. in St. Louis. Absolutely. He'll um, he'll go down as a blue more than likely and like good for him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's well, not He won a cup there. Him, I mean, that's, Well, they, exactly. That's and now he's a captain there. So what right. do you think's going to happen? That's that's the end of you that. You know, that's the way it's going to go. Back to Owen Tippett cuz yeah. we, we like talking about, you know, and good for Brayden Shen, by the way. Like, yes. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I no, always I liked what he what he gave to the organization. I have nothing against. I yeah. have nothing against him either. Um. So that you know. So that was Owen Tippett's start of the week. Oh, by the way, to finish off the game, Joel Farabee scored an empty net or two yep. to cap it off. So you weren't you weren't like drastically holding your breath through the last 
whatever no it was it was nice to have a little clarity 50 seconds yeah there you go i was Um, doing i was doing the happy dance while all the blues fans left to be (laughs) by the way i came we came out of the stadium and it was snowing sideways it was great i did not know you got it yeah you got it first then i had about a 10 minute walk to the car in snow that i was not expecting there was already two inches on the ground oh and, and i'm talking in the street yeah Oh yeah, fun oh, fun yeah. travel then, right? Oh, once we got out of the city, it wasn't too bad. It switched to rain about thirty miles north of the city, and it wasn't too bad. Not bad. Okay, um, um, but regardless, well, it, it, then then it then it got sent eastbound to you know to yeah we, that well, storm well, system Phil, was nasty. Well, well, Philly got a Tuesday system and then a Friday system, so in in total, it was probably about anywhere between six and eight inches total over the course of two different days. And yeah, I heard they, y'all got hit. Digging out of it was a whole hell of a lot of fun here. And <laughs> like, well, specifically, like the Tuesday part was was what it was. Specifically, the part where I covered a game on Thursday, dug out the house on you know the driveway on Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday had two more games. Like, <laughs> like awesome, you know, the the one day in between all those games, and I got to dig out the uh, driveway. You're feeling like a Bills fan, am I right? <laughs> A little bit. Um, so not you're, near, not getting, well, you're not, not getting, getting $20 feet. an hour in free food. No, we're not. No, we're not getting feet of snow either, at least. Thank goodness. <laughs> Knock on wood that there's not more of that. Um, I do know that this week it's supposed to turn to rain like you're talking about, which right. I will gladly take at this point. Okay, um, back to the let's, flyers here. let's get to that Thursday game. And I might as well, like, Ooh-wee. honestly, if you, well, if you want to start talking about, like, where it's going to go or whatever, I'm going to start. I'm just going to start prepping because we're going to I'm going to prepare to share a screen. Because I feel okay. like we just need to put the thing in, you know. Absolutely. I just Absolutely need to put this. Entirely. I'm going to need to put this up on the screen. So the Flyers, the Flyers finished taking care of business in St. Louis. Uh, a couple days off. Nice, you know, rest days. Um, I believe John Tortorella said he gave them both days fully off. Is that correct? correct? And okay. I, so I don't think that was the initial plan. I think the right. initial plan was Tuesday off, Wednesday, Wednesday practice, practice, and then Thursday skate. And they, they just took the two days. And boy, did that work wonders because they came out flying. Absolutely. No pun intended. Flying. Yeah, no pun intended, but flying. Now, I we're on Owen Tippett. And Owen Tippett's part of this story before we get to the clip that we're actually going to show. But right. Let's start with all the other stuff that gets to this point first, because the game in in and of itself. By the way, so they're fly, they're out there flying effective immediately, and again, it's like this. It's like the St. Louis game. Nothing to show for it in the first period until there's a minute left. Finally, right. you break through. What a nice pass by Morgan Frost. No look over the middle. Here comes Sean Walker jumping up in the play. What a freaking pass and by the way when you say when the flyers control things in the first period they outshoot the dallas stars 14 to 1 the, in the first frame i want to i do want to make a point here that the one is a little i think might be a little fraudulent because i think there really? might really well i think there might have been a close one that they ended up not counting that like it, they outshot them plenty i mean I, there was oh, i thought you were going the other way i thought you were no, saying no. it was a shutout that no 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 no. it was just no it was okay there may have been two or three, but they still would have outshot them 14 to three at most like crazy. And, and and like, to be honest, you start to feel bad for Sam Harrison at that point for a second, because his previous home game was the Montreal game where he gave up two goals on two shots. You're like, what is it about first periods with Sam Harrison in that they don't give up any shots? Right. I'm sorry. The team is so dominant, Sam. 
for real. Um, so they, so they get, finally, they get the, they get a goal out of all of those shots. They get a goal. They're on the board. It's one, nothing. Sean Walker, by the way, hasn't scored in a little while either. So good to see him. Yes. You know, he, we, we will be talking about him a lot over the next several weeks because obviously that is a prime trade candidate and that value is going to be high when you do things like that. You've got yep. to acknowledge that. Which is not um, a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing You're at all. Putting the organization in a bad spot in a good way. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, we'll get because we're going to get into that as yeah, we get yeah. to the rest of the games this weekend. So they get a two nothing lead. That's Tippett's first of this game. Um, nice, nice little goal. Nice little shot off the face off. It's a, it's, it's literally a face off win. He steps into the circle. He lets it go. It's in the net. Bye. I mean, you blink, you miss it, kind of thing. Like, yep, th that's the situation there. And then it goes again, because by the way, they sat on Dallas, by the way, was on one shot until they were killing a penalty when they got their next two shots. There was a stat mentioned. And they were killing the, uh, a penalty with, you know. There was, a stat, it, there was a stat mentioned on the broadcast uh, that, again, maybe a little dubious with the shots that may or may not have counted later in the first. But uh, yeah. at, one, at one point in time, the Dallas Stars went more than 60 minutes of real time without a shot on goal. And now that did that did include the intermission, and you know sure, I'm talking sure, about. Sure. Yes. But still, Sam Erson didn't see an well, official shot on goal in okay. more than and, an hour. Well, it was so. Let me elaborate on why that is too. The the only shot on goal of the first period for Dallas was 27 seconds into the period. Right. It was Early. an immediate two on one save made. Erson got the blocker on it, knocks it up into the safety netting. Good save. Te real honestly tester early on because the first couple yeah. of shifts if, if i told you watch the first two shifts of that game and that the flyers are going to outshoot the stars 14 to 1 in the first period you would have laughed at me right like and then they did it, it didn't look like that at all so they dominate from there and then here's the here's kind of where it starts because tyler sagan scores to make it 2-1 that was their fourth shot of the game that's it. It's 1242 into the second period. We are more than way. halfway through only four shots, but they're on the board and it's a two, one game. And that's the score going to the third period. So you're sitting, here going just like with St. Louis. They're doing everything right. Right. Shots everything 30, is going the way it should 30 to nine after the, after the second period. And yet you are one mistake away from possible, you know, from a tie game and a possible situation where you could lose this game. If that's yep. the way it continues to go on and home ice. And the Flyers had a situation there where they got a late power play in the second. They didn't score during the rest of the second, but they were going to have carry over time. And as such, it was like, this is a big opportunity. And they came out and they scored on it. And this this has been nice to see because we'll say this name again later on as the uh, show progresses. Cam Atkinson picking back up where he left off in Winnipeg, gets a goal yes, on sir. the power play. That's great. That gives him some cushion. Um this is hysteric. This is hysterical to me because again, we've got the clip we're gonna get to as the last goal of the game. It glosses over the fact that there was a penalty shot goal. Yep. In the middle of this third period. Scott Lawton, which by the way, so I don't know if you realize this. I don't remember exactly where I saw this ultimately, but I think if I, I want I hope I'm rem remembering everything correctly. Lawton's penalty shot goal, that's the third Flyers penalty shot goal this season. Okay. Because Couturier had one in the home opener against Vancouver. Konechny scored in in Colorado yep. uh, with a penalty shot. Now Lawton. And I think that, believe it or not, I think that the goal total, the three goals they've scored on penalty shots, is more than any attempts that other teams have. 
Wow. That no other team in the league even has three attempts for penalty shots, let alone the fact that the Flyers have scored three penalty shot goals. Well, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. The Flyers are. have They are the leading breakaway team. Right. You're right. I was about to say, we are now a significant enough portion into the season. We are past the halfway point for every single team. I can start saying things like the Philadelphia Flyers are the best rush team in the NHL. They have, because they have been, yeah. So you they, might they, well, they more have, than halfway through. So they, exactly. they have that, been, and they will continue to be right now until at this point, in, until they show me that they're not. This is who they are. I know we used that as a show title not too long ago. But yes, I know. This this is who they are, and it is who they have, are. They, and they have a significant enough sample size to show that, and so, they're they're creating the most chances. Think about all the breakaway or the shorthanded goals. Right. Well, it so it is who they are. It it's sometimes, and we're again, we'll get into this. It's sometimes who they are to a fault because live by the sword it, die by the sword right absolutely because you, you are really living by it lately when you um, play run and gun sometimes you get I wanna, gun. now i want to say on lawton's penalty shot a little bit awkward um, a, little, a little awkward like he's making he's trying to make a series of moves he almost moves backwards um he almost loses control of the puck i guess because of how awkward it was it allows for the time that jake ottinger lifts his pad up so it just slips right underneath and goes yep. in because it looks like he's, it honestly looks like he makes a good enough move that it's like, oh, he's going to elevate and he scores. And then he's struggling to almost keep his balance. And then right. next thing you know, you see the thing roll and you're like, oh, it's, he, it's gonna, he didn't get enough of it. And then it's in there anyway. And you're like, ah, oh, never mind. We'll take it. Um, sure. There was a brief conversation on if he went backwards. And eh, regardless, right. the goal counted. That's all. So that it's four. So it's four to one. I think we got to get, I think we've got to get to this point. Right? And o Owen Tippett. Yes. Just goes, but we'll, we're going to talk over it. I don't have the volume yeah. playing, so we'll just That's talk fine. over it. But this is, this is almost at the exact same moment that he scored the highlight real goal against St. Louis. There's about five and a half minutes left and here he comes. Right. So the, the flyers charging up. And then just watch. It just decides to cut to the middle, spin around a backhand. You've seen the goal, right? Like if you're listening to this show, you've seen the goal. You you were watching the game, or you've seen it on social media, or you've seen the Sportsnet video that you know we're we're sharing from here. I, Owen Tippett is crazy. I mean, this is immediate goal of the year material. Now you know I'm in a spot where reactions are very tame. I would say they're controlled. The, right. The and we're talking box. about the press box, right? They're literal jaws on the table kind of material, yep. like jaws dropped at the fact that this went in the way that it did to turn, release the backhand bar down almost, you know, like that's just, and it, almost, it, it almost looked like he didn't even get all of it. Like it kind of rolled up on the heel a little tiny bit. And like, he's still just, so there's a little bit of a funny story with this, by the way. And I, I, I there's a couple of people who have, um, who have, written about this i think first jackie spiegel who's working for the inquirer wrote about it i believe yep. and then charlie o'connor had a little something on it too he's owen tip has been using travis connectney sticks right which does make a difference which makes a difference because there's obviously some sizing things that are different and whatnot so obviously well, and, and when we're talking about the one percent of the one percent of athletes playing at the highest level in the world those little micro things like the stick really, really, really they matter. can matter. And, and well, how and you oh, hold it, how you use it, how you handle the puck, well, how you do everything. Well, and oh, by the way, I'm trying to remember Cam Atkinson, I think, is the one who said after the game, by the way, yeah, we're not going to let him go back to the others. No. Like, and he's like, correct. Like he's just doing, you know, too many incredible things in one week to not do that. So that no, was it's, nope. You're stuck yeah. with that one, bud. 
So that was incredible as it was. And, I, and like that capped off, like they're already in control. Like they're pretty much in control from the penalty shot goal. You know, you're dom- you're dominating a very good Dallas Stars team. Well, that was the other part. Bell the bell. Well, and I turned around like, well, because obviously you te- you text me and like I had other people sending texts to after bell that. Bell to bell domination. Right. Well, I, I'm this. I'm talking about just this is just a reaction okay. to Tippett's goal. Yeah. Alone. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Like because my phone starts lighting up. You know, because everybody's seeing this thing, Huge. and it's like, wait a minute, what what did we just watch? Kind of thing. And I like I even said it was a special it, goal. It definitely is a special goal. And his confidence could not be higher right now in terms of what his ability is like let's let's play this card for a second and go off of this that's he's up to 18 goals on the year yep in very short order from going you know because that was that was three in no time right you blink and and within it basically within literally 60 minutes of gameplay from 533 left in st louis on monday night to five and a half minutes left against Dallas on Thursday night, literally the length of one game. He scores three goals, two of them, ridiculous highlight, real goals. Even the other one, the shot was really good. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to phrase this very carefully. Yes. Owen Tippett has started to show Mm -hmm. flashes of that burst goal scoring ability that we see out of top level stars, like the Alexander Ovechkins and the Austin Matthews. And these guys who, flip a switch and score eight goals in five games well what he's showing you is that he has the ability in certain when things are going really well and again he still has to i love the fact that john tortorella's talked about this a little bit more because we've talked about it before the fact that he's got to hit the net more yes like because torts may be right that if he hits the net more often he probably has six or seven more as as someone like, who's as someone who's been betting Owen Tippett over shots on goal uh, pretty consistently this season, yeah, I mean, he needs a, to hit the net more. That yeah. might be well, it might be the safest. It's one of the safest bets because he's one of the safest bets. Well, by the sport. Oh, well, by, well, by the way, like do you real you do realize by the way the clip we just showed the goal, the spectacular goal of the year candidate immediately right yeah. that we showed was his tenth shot of the game. Yeah, the tenth yeah. shot of the game, the tenth shot on goal in the game, not attempt. Well, and, on and goal. You, you know why that is, right? Well, because, yeah, sure. Well, first of all, when because, your confidence is high, then you're going to shoot. Because the last time they played the Dallas Stars, he didn't have a shot on goal. Oh, well, that that's funny. Um, that is a, that is 100 percent. But you know what I, but you know what I mean? When you're confident, you're definitely more willing to shoot. I mean, look, look at what him we, the what first we seven that, minutes of that game. He had to have at least three or four shots. They finished with 43 shots on goal as a team. He Crazy. had 10 of them. Yep. Like. And and the thing is, is that when he's once he is hitting the net, if he's scoring goals like that, you want him shooting that much. Like, Absolutely. That's, like, you, that's how that, you get 50, well, 60 goal well, scorers. Well, do you think that the Washington Capitals don't want Alex Ovechkin taking six, seven shots a game because they right. know what the possibility is? Of course yeah. you do, because you know that that's that's your best goal scorer. Austin Matthews should be taking five, six, seven shots a game, too. Same reason, right? Like, absolutely. Let it go. Now, granted, if a team is defending you well and you don't get it, find a way to get something productive sure. done. But if they're giving it to you and you have a good shot, take it. If the and puck's he, on your stick in the in the offensive zone in a scoring position, you should be shooting. So let's and let's kind of get into the latter half of this a little bit because this gets us through the Dallas game. I don't want to dissect tons with the two games yet. We'll go back totally. to that. But obviously, one of the key things was that Owen Tippett left. Saturday's game against Colorado in the third period. I think he took one shift in the third period. That's when he left. He did go down the tunnel. He did not return. And for probably about, I'm going to say two to three hours after the game was over, there was this legitimate concern that what if this is long-term, right? Because there was really no update. 
and it didn't look good in the moment. And then some words started to get out about how there was early an early sense of optimism that it wasn't as bad as people think and it shouldn't be long term. And I even immediately equated that too because I believe Charlie's report was the one that I shared and I added my own two cents which was even if he's out until after the All-Star break which realistically equates to a total of four games. Right. That's a best case scenario, probably. At least it's only four. He comes back. It's early February. No harm, no foul. And that still could be the case. He's and, dead. And quite frankly, something we'll talk about a little bit later when we dive into some standings. Mm -hmm. You're at the point where you don't have like you don't have to rush him back. If he's not ready before the all-star game, do not play him. Sure. Now like, he you don't have to. Right. Now, it would be an even more encouraging sign was that before Sunday's game, and he didn't play, he didn't take warm-ups, obviously, but he tried, he tested it out. Um, it was honestly, I I might have missed it by about 15 minutes, maybe, because I showed up to the arena before fans were in the building. That's obviously when he would have been able to test it. Um obviously Jordan Hall took a picture of it and put it up on Twitter X, you know, the platform formerly known as however we want to keep saying this thing for moving forward, but you get the yeah. point. And I, like I even said, that's encouraging in and of itself that he at least had enough to get a, you know, to get a skate on, to be able to go out and at least attempt to do something. Sure. Does that at least bring into play? And like, we're not doing the whole get, looking ahead portion yet, but you've got three more games until the all-star break now. Does that at least take out of play the fact that, okay, so he didn't play in the first one and you could easily assume he's not going to play in the other three. Or does that mean that maybe, maybe Boston's back on the table or Detroit's back on like, like maybe not go super short term, but like, right. does he play by the end of the week? Is that possible? I, think I guess it's, I think well, it's possible. I guess yeah. it is with a day-to-day -day designation, but at the beginning it didn't feel like that. So that's right. why it's encouraging that he even bought like even bothered to test it out. So sure. You know, especially for what he's become, because now he's become one of your top players. So he's you one need, of your big producers. Right. You so need you him. need him in the lineup. So but that's really all that we need to say about Owen Tippett at this point. We showed you the highlight reel goal and we talked about the one in St. Louis and he had a special week and I'm, I'm, and it was really a shame hoping. because it was right after, like right after those two big moments, he's, he's, you know, you're starting like his name was everywhere, well, everywhere was, on Thursday. He was starting to get himself in the conversation where if God forbid somebody goes down with an injury, he's a great late tap for the all-star game. Potentially, um, like well, at, least, at least he puts himself in the conversation, right? You get a little social media buzz going. Well, you never know what happens. And here's the relevance to the conversation, too, is yeah. the Flyers played the Ottawa Senators on Sunday. Tippett did not get to play in that game, unfortunately, of because of what happened. Right. But like the irony of who was going to be on the other side and that, you know, that is directly tied to. You know, the tippet is directly, I should say it that way. Tippet is right. directly tied to forever. The, the player that they right. wait, the player that they got back for in the trade for Claude Giroux. And oh, by the way, as he's doing things like that on Thursday, people are are going, Yeah, how's that trade looking? Like that well, they're thinking it looks way better, obviously, because and, not, and you well, got a, and you got a first round pick. Right. Come on. Well, because on. now you now you know at this point, like Assuming he doesn't miss much more than the next three games, let's just say, right? This is going to be like if Cutter Gauthier turns out to be a bum and only played 20 NHL games. <laughs> but assuming he doesn't miss more than the rest of this week, let's just say. Sure, sure. He's got 18 goals already this year. He had 27 last year. You know what you're looking at at this point. Like, you're looking at a guy who's, at the very least, probably getting 30 this year. 
Probably. at the least. Yeah, and that's if he slows down. Right, and that's and look, that's also barring don't hurt yourself uh, any further kind of thing. But he's on that pace, and it's safe to say that they're not two thirds. They're is. not two thirds of the way through the season yet, and he's at eighteen. Yep, it's fair to say he's gonna, especially the way he tends to score in bunches. Like, right. I, yep. Sure. So you got that going. Like that's really going for you, obviously. So that's been already a great development that he's becoming that level player that you can lean on in situations like that. You want out there for key moments like that. And he's young enough that he's still fleshing out as a player. Like 40 is not impossible for him. Like in the long run, like probably not not this year, of course, but especially if he hit the net more like exactly. And like, if the game keeps freeing up, well, he he lets that a little bit more. You never know. Right. Let's also just remember one other thing. As, as you look forward, like beyond this year kind of thing, because obviously they like Tippett. Obviously, Tippett's got a future in Philadelphia well Absolutely. beyond this year, but his contract is up after this year. So the person who probably was smiling the biggest after that goal on Thursday it's was him. his agent. Yeah. Who who yeah. now is who probably is just walking into negotiations with that tape and going here. Do you see that? That's fair. I mean, you're 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 teetering. Oh, Tippett's going to get. Oh, Tippett's going to get oh, paid. Well, and I told I told you when he signed the contract that he's currently on that this was going to potentially age very well in terms yeah. of like, it, well, it, actually, really, it was it wasn't that because he hadn't done a whole lot to prove himself because he hadn't had the chance to. He had basically that what was it twenty games, right? To after the trade happened, and obviously you, you're going to keep him because you just got him twenty games ago for for only well only a, your a franchise player, right? A yeah. franchise legend, so you're going to keep him. So they sign him at 1.5 mil per year. And after the first year, like during the past offseason, we talked about this where I'm like, so he just scored 27 on 1.5 mil. What happens if he does the same thing again? Like he, you're under, he's underpaid for $27 million at 1.5 million. Oh, you know, oh for 27 yeah. or 27 goals. He's underpaid at 1.5 million, you know, big time. so you get, you're going to have to like, now you're now what the, the, the decision becomes is, how many how many years do you get? How much term can you get? Yeah. Well, because because you're gonna have to fl- be flexible in terms of if the term is longer, he's gonna make more. He's gonna probably yeah. like he's gonna push between like there's reasons that you, like there's there's a reason to believe that you could potentially in terms of making a significant raise that you could possibly give him the Joel Farabee contract and say here's five by five. That probably seems a little low still, especially with the, you know, the cap going up and all that stuff. So maybe even bump that to six now instead of five. And then you sit there and you go, well, what if you tried to go the way you did with Travis Konechny and go to six years? Well, six years is probably going to be pushing seven mil. Because like, so you got to weigh these things because you know what you're going to, and there's a chance that I that age as well, but you know. Think think about how well a lot of these are aging right now. Think about by how the, well the Konechny contract aged and how and well the Joel Farabee contract the, could be. And, and also, by the way, Carter Hart's contract is up. And like well, that's one you got to be really careful about man, because I, I, of course. We well, we already hinted at that recently because right. I even said I don't think you give him much more than a year or two anyway. It, but the thing is, though, if if we have but even clarity, then he's making four to five. But if we have clarity on the Hockey Canada situation, that literally disappears overnight, or theoretically. And if it does, then you got to start thinking what? It's you have to start thinking bigger than that because at that point, one year at four or five million probably isn't going to cut it. It that could change overnight. Well, if it, 
I, I don't know that you're ever getting full clarity on it. And as long as there's the possibility that you do, then you're going to be stuck in this thing. I like what are you supposed to do? Sign him to one year contracts forever until he could be kids to UFA. I'm, that might be the that way sounds it goes. Like a, sounds like a nightmare. Well, <laughs> as much as it sounds like a nightmare, that might be the way it goes. And every team in like, nobody's going to offer sheet him for, you know, right. as an RFA, nobody's going to offer sheet him with that hanging over his head. Nobody's no. going to do it. So because of that, he might not have a choice. Like you can try all you want to. The situation is the situation Man. and it sucks, but it is the reality of it that teams have to be like, be prepared to protect themselves against the fact that your name comes up in this thing. If we get any clarity at all, it's over, you know, and you don't want to, and, and you don't want to be burned by like, like the ideas you don't want to be burned by the fact that you signed a big time contract and took yourself out of play for anybody else. Like, like you kind of almost need to have a third goalie waiting in the wings just in case. It's, it's wild. And it's, right, right now they kind of don't, but they could in near future. If you talk, like if you think about Kolosov and the two, they just drafted two guys this past year, like that you're going to like it's doing not this. sustainable. That what, feels like it's not sign like that. To just have this guy that like at any moment, like, well, no, then well, could come it, slap handcuffs on him. Well, like, you you know how that well you know how that ends though then right, like you said it, it, it until he's a UFA and then when he's a UFA, it's potentially good luck getting a job. No, I don't think so. Well, I I'm saying well at least getting a job here maybe because if if the other guys start stepping up, it might it's going to lead to a tougher decision. Sam Harrison's going to make them think about this. Why do you think they signed yeah. Sam Harrison before his contract was technically up? Man, and that and that decision looks great. Sure, but that's but why do you think they did it? Yep. Because just in case they need, you know, if you like what you saw, you're going to latch onto them. You're going to make sure that part of business is done because you never know. That's, That's why it happens. So you got to acknowledge that for what it is. But Tippett's among those those guys now that eventually you're going to have to pay. Like, the, yep. like the, it's great news that they got Faraby for as long as they do because Faraby would be due for something big soon enough too. That, I mean, like that like that's was, aging well. That deal as is back I'm, to looking great. Well, as far as I'm concerned, think about how they got the Sandheim thing done. Now, now last year that didn't seem great. Yeah, but this, I, but this year still, it looks better. I was gonna say I'm still not willing to call that like rubber stamp that as a full W. No, I'm not either. Yet. But I'm saying if but he, the if, first if, year if, looks great, he's well, certainly and, playing above and that if, number. If you get now. that guy, that's the point. It's if yep. you get that guy that you're seeing right now that you've seen throughout the course of this year, then it looks like a great deal. Oh, he, I was gonna say he is way out playing that number now. Sure, if he plays but, like he's been playing this year. He should be making probably. I'll give you. An, I'll million. give you another number. Do you see how Sean Couturier has played most of the year coming back from all that, from that pause? And look at what he's Man, making. Tell me we he's weren't probably all playing above that, about... but, but he's playing above that number. Tell me like, we weren't all very, very nervous about that contract six months ago. Sure. And, 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 and we I, were, and we were right to be right. I, and I give him credit for showing that he's mostly durable. I mean, he's missed a handful of games this year. I think, what is it? Four total. I think is what Something he's missed like that, yeah. well, because he, because he missed the two earlier in the year and then he missed two or three over the course or no two, I guess it was. Cause he was back for the Dallas game. Um, but he was out over the weekend. Yeah. He was out in Winnipeg and he was out again in against St. Louis. So was, yep. so was Jamie Drysdale, by the way, which I know I, I was we, such, I was so we were kind of bummed. Uh, so bummed. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So back, back to the whole big picture thing. Cause we're yeah, off, yeah, of, yeah. we're off of the tip of thing and, and tip is currently recovering day to day. We'll see what happens. So let's get to the weekend portion because obviously as, as that, you know, the tippet 
goal of the year candidate is like the exclamation point on the five game winning streak that they had at that point. Right. You come back, think, think about this for a minute, just go through these five games and I'm touching on ones we talked about already. So I'm just doing the synopsis of it, but here, here, how this five game winning streak sounds. Come back from down two nothing against Montreal to win in a shootout. Come back from down three to one third period to beat Minnesota in overtime. Go into what looks like a scheduled loss without your top line center, your newly acquired defenseman playing Cross against border a, travel right, back to playing back. against the Winnipeg Jets team that had eight straight wins, fourteen straight games with a point, and looked hadn't unbeatable allowed, and hadn't allowed more than three goals in like thirty three games. Well, and still did, still and didn't did. in this one, right, but two nothing win. So you shut them out behind your goaltender. Instead, you know the the team that has one of the best in the league this year. No, yep. you scored two on him. And that was enough. Right. And that turned yeah. out to be enough. And then you go into St. Louis and have one of your, you go into St. Louis, have one of your most dominant games to that point, And then one up it with the game that you play in, in Dallas. I mean, right. I even, I even By dominating of, even harder, a better team. Right. Uh, well, way better team and a way better team. Well, and this is what I said about the Tippett goal kind of, but in a way it almost is the team's effort too. Tippett scores the goal that he does in St. Louis and then showed up on Thursday and said, hold my beer. I've got a better one for you. He sure did. You know, and but the team did, too. The team played a really good game in St. Louis, got a deserved win and then showed up against Dallas and played the, what was probably their best game of the year, which really is kind of a good segue because the Colorado game that they played was unique, you know, not their best. It was you know, clearly not their best, obviously, but, but very much, I considered it like the Edmonton game that started January for them, where sometimes a, a top player in the world just plays like a top player in the world. Does and that top was, player in the world. And stuff. that was Nathan McKinnon for you. Like he sure did, man. McKinnon's just brilliant. And, and Silly. continued to build in that game, four points, continued to build on his points lead this year. Like, He's having a year, no question, and he's having a great. You know, this is he's continuing to cement himself as one of the best players in the game. And Not that you, that's shocking by any stretch, but you get the point. And you still manage to drag it all the way back, very closely. I mean, like Pretty it close, was turning yeah. well because it was turning into one of those games. You fall behind two nothing, and you and and to me, the second goal in the first period that's kind of a that's kind of a backbreaker because if you can get out of that first period with just one just down one you well, feel cause, good cause, about it cuz you did outshoot them 12 to 5 so you're yeah. feeling a little good about that part you know hey like there's some things that just aren't going yet if it's only one nothing we'll live with that right and then be, before you can blink it's three nothing because McKinnon does McKinnon things right. um and you get it right back Joel Farabee another goal Morgan Frost another nice assist there you go there's something and you have time to chip away a little bit and then they score again off, off of a rush too. Like it was funny. The first two goals that, that Colorado scored were not like that at all. The one came tail end of a power play anyway, right after a power play had expired. So no problem. You know, like that wasn't the same thing. And right. then they score two goals on you in the second period to start with that are both off the rush. Yep. McKinnon's is a breakaway partially, but you know, but the second Logan O'Connor goal is off the rush. You know, go to the net, tip play. Okay. You get back in it again a little bit with a with a, a Travis Konechny goal. And you, again, because they're kind of back in it, you're thinking maybe, and then McKinnon scores again. And that was really one that you thought, it just looked weird. Carter Hart said it hit one of his own players on the way in, so it did change direction. The first four really hadn't been Hart's fault, but that one, 
you, it hit off of him late, like as it went in. So yeah, you kind of think he's got to like have a save, save there. Yeah. Well, and in general too, you kind of wanted to save in general. They only had 15 shots in the game to that point. And here he goes letting one of those in. So surprise, surprise, as the third period begins, here comes Sam Harrison with another game the next day, which you normally don't see. Right. So he gets, so Hart gets the hook, which kind of, you know, maybe in hindsight, you don't love the idea of doing that with a game the next day, especially when you consider how that game went, but we'll get to that. And they come out and they score two in short order. And all of a sudden it's five, four, by the way, great. And John Tortorella looks like a genius for swapping the goalie. Sure. Well, John Tortorella can look like a genius for all of that type of stuff when you win. And that's true. You know, like, you know what? I didn't even write a tab for this and it's, I I guess we'll just mention it as a footnote now because we weren't really going to do around the league. We have a lot of other stuff to cover, but around the league, oh, by the way, after this, after this game ended, this Colorado, this Flyers Colorado game, we're standing downstairs in the locker room and all of a sudden looking at our phones and going, Hey, look at what the Islanders did. Patrick was the new head. Patrick was the new head coach. Now Patrick was had a quote today on his first, I guess, full day as head coach. There's already clips of him on the ice. I know skates yelling at players and oh my God, that was just a morning skate. By the way, they're playing. This is not going to go well. They're playing a game. They're actually leading their game right now as we speak, by the way. Well, I assume they're terrified of Patrick. Possibly. Now, this was, but I got to, I got to read this off because this was a great quote because we know the story by now, or at least have a general idea about um, how John Tortorella feels about analytics. Right. And these... Like old school coaches or or guys who are, um, you know, guys who don't fully believe in that kind of stuff. I'm sure you know they're gonna have their thoughts on it. It might sound, you know, it might sound a little, you know, dinosaur like sometimes. Like I don't believe in it, blah blah. blah. You know, pounding the desk. I don't believe in analytics. Blah blah blah. He had a really good quote about analytics, and. And it was really puts into perspective kind of, I guess, the way that we all maybe not all feel about it, but like the way that sometimes some, I guess just the way sometimes the numbers don't necessarily match. the. No, it's not that they don't. It's not that they don't match. It's. It's I guess when you're when you're looking at your team, you know, at the end of the day, the results are all that matter. So his quote was, we don't like analytics when we're at the bottom of the league and we love it when we're at the top of the league. You know, and and, and it sounds ridiculous to say, but then but there's a lot of truth to that statement where it's like, listen, if your analytics are terrible and you're sitting at the bottom in all these numbers, then you're sitting there going, well, the analytics don't tell the whole story because we you know it's better than that. Right. But when it's at the top, you're sitting there going, well, I don't care what the, like when you're at the top of the league, you're going, I don't care what the numbers say. Look at what we're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so like you use analytics at the bot, like when you're in the bottom of the standings, you're using analytics to defend that what you're doing is still working. It's just not translating to results. And when you're at the top, you're sitting there saying, who cares what the numbers say and what flaws are in the game? Right. We're winning. Look at what we can do, you know? So, but he did add, he, like, it does throw in there, by the way, he added that to a certain extent, analytics don't lie. So of course. he's, so, he's not, he's not just throwing away all the analytics, but he's got a point. Well, right. And I, he's and got I don't a point in how we perceive when you're at the top of the standings or at the bottom, that you can gloss over certain points in analytics and say, this doesn't matter because I'm winning or 
we're not winning, but look at what the underlying numbers say. It's right. really not as bad of a process as you think. This is why we can overlook this. Don't worry, guys. It's totally sure. Fine. So, so my, my point being that like, it was just one of those things where it's like, it may be, you know, you're in the game and you're, and you want to believe you're in the game and, and sure, you know, uh, maybe maybe the strict the strategy of doing things doesn't line up like you're let, like let's just like again remember you're pulling your goaltender you're actually making that goalie change in a 5-2 game with a period to go knowing you play the next day right it's a risky move and in sure. hindsight maybe it's not the right decision but at the same time he's Tortorella is going to tell you I, we're in this we're in that game and then he's not proven wrong by the when fact that he scored two quick goals, goals. He's not necessarily proven wrong. And that's the catch to the whole thing. And at that point, would you have been, would you really have been all that surprised if they had scored another and tied it up based on how they been played? Surprised. They had a shift where period? everything they did, if they, the only thing they didn't do on the, one of the next shifts was score. That's what so I'm saying. I actually, I, I, I firmly believe that if they would have scored on that shift to tie the game up, because the, the building game. was, well, because the building was going nuts. Absolutely Bananas. crazy. The comeback was almost right. complete. Well, yeah. because they're having another one of those. I mean, it's not quite the same, but it's close. No. In terms of, no, no, like, hear me out. It's not quite yeah. the same, but it's close in terms of you just, you know, you just scored two quick goals to come back, you know, you know to go from 5-2 to 5-4 in the blink of an eye. And it's starting to look like Detroit all over again. 5-1 to 5-5 to 6-5 maybe even in like no time at all, right? Real quick, something you mentioned there. I did want to shout out how loud the building was this week. Generally speaking, sure. I absolutely. I I shot you a text. Man, the Eagles sucking has been great for business over here at YWT. <laughs> and I think that also goes for the Flyers. Um, I think the fact that the team is playing well is obviously the most important factor, right? Like if they still sucked, the building would not so, be full. Yeah. But so the this Eagles was a funny... fell apart. The Phillies were a bit of a disappointment. I can't tell you what's happening with the Sixers, to be completely honest. They've been decent. Um, they've sure. been solid. Uh, I, know Joel, solid. I know Joel Embiid's got like a real shot at winning MVP, and that's cool. Again, but, no, um, again by the way, because totally. won last year. Totally. Um, but the Flyers are good. The We have some fun highlight real goals. We have right. some fun players. We have good goaltending. So he is back in South sure. Philadelphia. So part of the shame of it was is that – so. You well, obviously not for you. You were at the game itself on Monday yeah. night, but Monday night was a typical was was what could have been your split screen night because the Eagles and the Flyers play at the same time, right? And the Eagles are in a playoff game, and sure, for a lot of people, that probably took precedence. I checked my phone about three times, and as soon as they did what they did, I you can stop I, checking. Well, I can I can depict it for you because I'm sitting in the same spot that I was during both of these games. Mm. So I have a TV off a, right over here where I'm looking above the one monitor over here. So I have a TV up there, and I have the and I had the iPad turned on to so I use the iPad to stream ESPN to get the Eagles game on. I had the Flyers on TV because obviously, uh, look, I'm obligated to choose the Flyers in a lot of those circumstances anyway. Obviously, You're but also the stable connection on the Flyers. Well, not, and not only that, but I'm also it's the bigger screen. I want to have a closer look at what's going on, you know, totally. that kind of thing. And I have I have the football game on as background noise. Ironically. I never got the chance to kind of do the bit that I have done in the past a little bit where like the Eagles have lost some bad games. Like, and I, by bad, I mean like they've been getting, like they've been blown out Ooh. a couple times and stuff like that yeah. down the stretch of that season. 
And so, no, and so sometimes, like, or or just lost badly. So I've thrown out there a couple times, hey, flyers tomorrow, you know, whatever. Is there flyers tomorrow at blank? Like, I'll give it whatever time it was, like flyers tomorrow at eight, you know, or or whatever, right? Ironically, in the time frame between Tippett's eventual game winning goal in that situation and the game being over, because I could look over and the score still says, by the way, 16 to nine Tampa Bay over the Eagles which is a one score game. So you can't rule that is over. You can't rule that as, Hey, get of away course. from your, you can't rule that as get away from your televisions because the flyers are doing something that you should pay more attention to at this moment. So literally within the course of the last handful of minutes, the safety happens. And then the long touchdown that puts the pretty much puts the whole thing away. And the touchdown happened. I think the, the it might've been the first play I got to look at after the game went final. Like I, pro- I think I tweeted, Final Flyers win four two against St. Louis. You know the whole deal just pretty much is about to go in to start. You know putting the finishing touches on the game story, and I looked and I saw that and I went, well, that's it. Now that's over. You know, and I like and I got a chuck. I kind of got a chuckle out of it because it was so predictable. But at the same time, I'm like, that didn't happen in enough time for the Flyers game to still be going to be like, quick, turn your TVs over because Switch like. The set. Even if the game was still going on, like it, it's hard to sit there and go like, well, listen, they're going to win. A, they're going to win the game again. It's going to be their fourth straight win. You know, oh, well, there's also only a minute and a half of the game left at, at that given moment. So it's like, oh, well, sorry. Like, I'm not going to tell you to flip over for 90 seconds worth. Just watch the rest of the football game, I guess, at right. this point. But so it never presented itself like that. But for them to come out the next night or not next night, but the next game that they had, which was Thursday against Dallas, which, by the way, prompted several chants about Dallas, obviously, you know, and how Fantastic great, how great of a well town deserved. it is. Fantastic um, and well-deserved. But as it prompted like stuff like that, which is still very much, you know, the Eagles spirit kind of festering there, obviously. Um, to deliver a performance like that and kind of, again, like get some attention on this thing, you know, that was great. Uh, you know, I hope that the weekend doesn't diminish that a little bit because Saturday's game was still really fun. Yeah, you know, sure. Any any, look, any game with 11 goals with a relatively <laughs> even split, it's going to be a fun game. You know, 11, well, I, I'm laughing because 11 goals until the Boston Bruins decide, hey, you know, 7-4 cool. wasn't good enough. How about a 9-4 final tonight instead? Yep. You know, like, pff, thanks thanks for one up in that. But the fact that they were in, and, and it's a shame because they were in it and, and Tortorella was none too happy about the power play that Colorado got because he didn't think it was a penalty that led to it. They score on it, of course. So that pretty much kind of dashed any hopes there. The score only looks as bad as it does because of an empty netter. Yep. You know, it is what it is. And, and maybe also kind of like, I think it was easy to shrug off because it's like, okay, first of all, Colorado is a top five team in the league. You just beat Winnipeg, you beat Dallas, like, and handily did it. You know, all right, maybe you're due for a game like that sometime. And, 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 and yeah. well, and it was just kind of, it wasn't even that it was bad. It was just one of those days where it felt like, okay, listen, first of all, Nathan McKinnon was Nathan McKinnon, and a few things didn't go your way. I think, I think Nathan McKinnon heard some of the hype about this Owen Tippett kid and said, nah, let's, let's show up the a little bigger, bit for this yeah. one. So, but that's why it makes the bigger issue the game the next day when they play yes. Ottawa. A game that you really probably should be winning um, based on where Otto's at in the standings, based on where you're at in the standings. So here, let me tell you, let me paint it this way, because when when we finished up the show last week and there's seven games ahead of you before the All-Star break at that given point, 
we we're, we're finishing up on Sunday. You're going, you got the one more and one more on the road in St. Louis. And then you got these four games at home and then quick trip to Detroit and then back for Boston. And then you're off for a while out of those seven games. I'm looking at the schedule and I'm going St. Louis is beatable. Ottawa's beatable. Throw in the fact that you probably should win a game either against Tampa or Detroit because they're not they're not bad, but they're not great. Right. So they're in that middle portion. And then you've got three that I want to see how you fare. Dallas, Colorado, and Boston. I want to see what you got. Yep. Well, you stomped so, Dallas. Well, so you, you started off, so you started it off with really took care of business. You're better than St. Louis this year. You played like it. You got the win. Yep. Cool. Great way to start that off. Check. And then they do it against Dallas the way that they did. They play that way against Dallas. And you're going, all right, so now you pass the test. That's an the eyebrow Col- raiser. Well, yeah. right. The Colorado game at that point, to an extent, and this is a fair point because I saw a lot of people talk like this. I, I know Snow the goalie said this, um, things like that. The game against Dallas was only so good as the response afterwards once you played Colorado. If yeah. you play Colorado and lose six to two, let's say, and there's no comeback and it's not close, that's problematic. That Correct. means that now you got pushed around by somebody else and this is all fool's old. If you don't necessarily win the game, but give an honest effort and are in it and, and they played better than them for a chunk of the game, which you oh, can yeah. Say, yeah, afterwards you can say, so no, do I kind of care that the result is seven, four? Not really. You kept getting that thing close. You know, you kept chipping away at it. You had it at three, one, you looked like you could go three, two at some points. Nope. Now they give up a goal four one. You get it back to four, two, you're pushing again. You give it, give up another one. Now it's five, two, you get it to five, four. You, you never quit on that game. At the very no. least, that's the thing you can hang your hat on. So, all right, it wasn't a win or whatever, but I really thought that after that, okay, so now you still have two out of three. If you can get the Ottawa one and get back on track, you are, you to me at that point are looking at three games to go. And, and literally, I think you need at most, you need three points. You need yep. a win and you need one of these to go extra and you can lose one of them. And we won't be complaining too much by the end of this thing. I agree. Going into the all-star break. And that changes a lot when you lose to Ottawa. Yes. Yes. That's the difference. They really needed to kind of come back with the win against Ottawa. And, that, and to the, well, and to their credit, they weren't playing the best and opened up a 2 nothing lead in the first period and a 3-1 lead midway through the game. You're looking he, at it going. Where's Zamola scoring maybe the weirdest goal of the week? Okay, now I got to tell you something about that weird goal for a second. I, tw- okay. I, did, tw- I did tweet this. So oh, that happened weird. down your end, didn't it? No, it happened at the other end. Oh, okay, okay. But I didn't catch this at first because because well, obviously when a goal is scored, I got to go into typing like that somebody scored. I'm doing the live stuff, sure. right? I do see how the play developed because I couldn't believe that nobody saw it. Like you just see, the, honestly, if anybody else did, they did a great job of de, you know, deking the goaltender and everybody else yeah. and, and everybody else out of it because they they handled it like a scrum at the side of the net. And Zamul is over on the other side going, look what I found. And nobody's covering the goal. Rifles but, it at the open cage. But, but this is this is show relevant and flyer relevant, and you'll appreciate this. Igor okay. Zamula, so Igor Zamula shoots it into basically an open net, scores the goal, and kind of gives this celebration of sorts where he puts his hands out like, hey, look what I did. You know, like, right. like how did that it. happen? How did that happen? And then, I'm not kidding you, went full Yager salute. I know he pulled did. the glove off and just gave you a good yep. Woo, look at what I did. And I thought that was awesome for him. Like, it, it, yeah, I don't a, think he's hit that before, has he? No. And it's okay. it's because no, you know what it is? He he scored a second goal, obviously, in okay. the first period. And to celebrate that one, 
he he did much more of what he usually does, which is he kind of does this like undercut uppercut fist bump kind of thing. It's very yeah. pronger like when Chris Pronger used to score, he would do it a little bit. It's very much like that. And uh, Chris Pronger was just super comfortable with punching emotions. So that's why he did it. <laughs> but you get my point. And so that's usually what he does. I don't know where the salute thing came from, other than like, thank you for not seeing that it went over here, maybe is what I'll he take was trying it. to do. I don't know. Like, I for I gotta give like I gotta give the kid credit because he could like when he debuted as an NHL player, I don't even know. I don't know if he spoke much English at all, honestly. No, no. And he's He's doing interviews on his own. He's he's got a really he's got a way better grasp on, I see on English net. now. I put puck in net. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not gonna tell you. It's like, like you can tell. No, that's what he said after the first period. On the oh, right, right. I know. Day. No, yeah. I know. I'm I'm saying so I'm not trying funny. to tell you. It's like perfect, but like he's worked at it a lot, and, and that's a huge he credit. Great. So, like, the idea that maybe the thought entered his head, like, hey, there's this guy who used to do this. I'm gonna just pull that one right. Why now. not? That was funny. I thought that was really cool, and it was kind of like, like, listen, it was two nothing. The vibe was kind of good again because you're sitting there going, even if it's not their best game, they're up two nothing, and it's odd, right. like it's Ottawa, but Ottawa pushed, and they did not have their, they just didn't have it in this game. Now, I, I want to talk about something in particular because it was, it's been a kind of a talking point of sorts. For a while, they've gone with the 11 7 lineup. Yes. I and think it's wearing this, on them a little bit. Well, not only is it wearing on them, but this is kind of the situation where I think you have to figure out what you're doing. Because yeah. for about half the game, because Tippett's not playing, so somebody's got to come back in. And for about yeah. half the game, I thought that the choice was right. And then for the other half, I thought the choice was not, not necessarily wrong, but I wished you'd had 12. Okay. Because Nick Delorier was in, and after two nothing, and even like a little bit before, like around three one ish or whatever it was, like right as it got kind of that point, it's getting physical. I mean, there was big hits being thrown. Oh, it, was, and a, it was a nasty little so, game. So I'm sitting there going, "Oh, okay. Like, there's no like the way this is going. There's no way one of these guys doesn't drop the gloves. That we don't see either Delorier or Hathaway go. I Zach assume Mc Delorier and Zach McEwen. Right, Zach playing. McEwen's playing, and Zach McEwen was a healthy scratch the day before against. Yeah, uh, when Zach, Ottawa played Winnipeg, Zach McEwen with a nice little breakaway snipe, by the way, that we're oh, probably not going to talk much about. Well, anyway. we, we're not because uh, he's not a flyer, but right. like, and well, seriously, by the way, I, I, he would get opportunities like that when he played here, and he would always find a way to miss Missed the, the net. net. It's like now he yeah. look, look what he does now. Far down. Um, yeah, for real. But Ding. you, but you get my point. And so it started out like that; it was going to be really physical, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there going, and now would be a great time to have a guy like Bobby Rink in the lineup. Yep, sure would. Or, or at least have both of them. Why not both? Right? Yeah. I just, at this point, you got to figure out. It's almost at this point on Danny Briere. Uh, it's, it is, but it's like, I no, I don't think because it is. Who, who, okay. So what defenseman comes out? That's the tough decision that Tortorella has got to make though. If you're constructing the lineups, I think the correct answer do you yeah, want to? But, no, do you want? Do you want to? Who like? Do you know what the 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 best way to do it would be? Is it Ristolainen? Yeah, yeah. And it's not because he deserves it. It's because I think that you have a better opportunity to sit there and step back and go. Ristolainen's got a longer term future here right now, based on the contract. He's not necessarily going anywhere. Walker Seal, and Sealer and Walker, be... they could be on borrowed time. I know they they would like. There's been and, talks about how they want to keep Sealer, maybe. And I'd be I don't think they're going to do that. Well, yeah, I like, I just like, cause you don't want to pull Zamula cause you like Zamula on the power play. 
No, no, no. I'm I'm saying a a sealer. Uh, oh no, 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 no. I know what you're saying. I don't think the Tortorella wants to get into that at all. Probably sealer Ristolainen, to be honest. Well, to to be honest with you, the turnover that the, basically the whole reason that they end up losing the game was because it was a bad pass by Sealer that leads to a two on one the other way. Yeah, I looked at that and I went, they're not going to do it. But I went, that's almost grounds to get this thing back to twelve six, and that's the guy who sits even just for a game. And they're not going to do it. They're not going to no, do it. No, and I'm you not trying to say that you do it. And I'm not trying to say you do it based off of one mistake. But it's like. If you're looking for somebody who kind of didn't pull their weight a little bit, like, like, let's be real. The Colorado game, you know who was the biggest mess out of the whole defensive core? Okay. Sanheim. Sanheim looked like he didn't know which side of the ice to play on, which is another part of this equation, because with Drysdale in, you had him. On, it's, oh, I like him on the right. I like him on the right. I like him on the right. Drysdale's here. You're going go to, back the to the left. Yeah. And then you're doing it where, oh, wait, no, you're going back to the left. Unless we decide to put you with the seven, we try to rotate something in. Now you're going to play with York right. again because we like yeah. it with York. So we now you're going to play right for that, but left for this, right? Like you're mixing it up too much. They What's worked all year is consistency with that. And beyond just the consistency of it, you're pouring everything into, I, I'll go back and check just to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that Delorier played like six minutes in the game. It was like five and a half. It was, it was not five, a lot. 12. So yeah. really you're rolling 10. That is only going to run this excuse. team, it's, but it, that is only going to run this team into the ground. Right. And look, you want to try to pull that off for the three more games you got until the all-star break, go ahead and try, you know, because every other time you've looked like a genius with it. They ran 11, seven, you know, they've, they've been running 11, seven, I think well, for the better part of a week. Well, and we, point. and we know, obviously, uh, we know that they are trying to figure out what to do with Bobby Brink. They are trying to figure out what is best for his development. Why, like, because they have realized that not getting him into the lineup is bad for his development. But okay, here's the thing, though. Sit, I don't know that. I don't defense. know that they have. I think we have. Well, uh, if we have, they have. They can't be that obtuse. Like we, we have to give them some amount of credit. Have you seen some of the decisions John Tortorella makes sometimes in the lineup? So, but I think. Well, so I'm curious to see what happens now going into tomorrow, because now you've lost two in a row, right? Like when when you've won sure. five when you've won five games straight, you can say it's working. We're not going to change it. It's working. Well, and obviously too, right? Like part of the equation with this was for a couple, like for because for a couple of games, you're sitting there looking at the idea that so Drysdale comes in. That's where it really started because now Drysdale, you have too many defensemen. Because dry well, well, because Drysdale comes in now, you want to play him, and I so I understood that like going into the Montreal game where Drysdale debuts, you don't want to take anybody out. Everybody's been playing pretty well, all things considered. You're you're at least going to let this ride for a little while. And then it kind of resolves itself because Drysdale gets sick. So you're able to make that change, you know, and, and kind of work with it a little bit and things like that. And then you go back to it, you know, and it's just not something that's sustain sustainable. It's not. It's not like no. It's teams don't. Not. Teams do not play the entire year like that. So unless you know, unless you would like to convert one of these defensemen into a forward, a la the Sam Moran experiment or whatever the hell it was. Sealer played forward last season. Well, right, but like you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying that means play Sealer as a forward, but like what I'm trying to get at is like, unless that's what your goal is, and that you've got somebody who's kind of a hybrid who you think you can do that with, then right, you're, we've you're heard just screwing her. And we've heard the Drysdale terminology, but I don't think he's going to be getting. No, that it's not like that. And and no. you're just then you're just screwing around at that point. So I just don't understand it. 
Um, who the hell knows? They, they'll That's probably go eleven. Like maybe, maybe it's up to Danny Briere. That's what I'm saying. Maybe you. Well, the, in- the problem is, is the problem is, is that you can't rush Briere in the process of like, hey, hurry up and make a trade so that right. it resolves because that tanks like, your value. No, I know. Right, like Briere's trying to hold out for the fact that everybody's kind of in limbo right now. I'm Teams sure you're going to be asking people. about Nick Sealer. Right. They're going to be asking about Walker. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I and I think that Walker's the one that probably moves more than Sealer does right now. They they really like Sealer. I know they do. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's just I watch the guy play defense and it just doesn't make sense. Like I know the he problem- throws hits, but like come on. Well, the, the he's he's been fine this year though. Like he's been good. Like Yeah, no he has. But I know, I know, I know. And when you have an extra defenseman like they do, sometimes you have to get rid of somebody who is fine or good or okay or they're not going to rush into it. So, right. Which is why I'm saying at some point in time, that's when the coach might have to make a decision and go back to this thing. That's the hardest part with it. If you think you can go from here on out until trade deadline time, that's a long freaking time. If you think you can go from now until the trade deadline, trying to get by with 11, seven, because you don't want to pull one of these defensemen, you will be, you might be out of the playoffs. Right. And and I'm not saying like, like I, I, this is talking about a team that at this point uh, here, do you want to pull this one up? Might as well put this one up there. Five points clear that, well, no, that is, that somehow or other, despite not gaining anything over the weekend, is still in second place. Yep. Because Carolina didn't win either. Yep. And uh, there's, and game, six there's, points, there's six points to the. I was going to say there's right. there's games in hand and the factor there, but yes, as of this current moment, they have fifty six points, and the Washington Capitals are the first team outside the playoffs with fifty. Well, and guess what? Even if you're talking about Washington, could have been the first team out of the playoffs. They 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 could not be. It doesn't matter. Well, I just know mean, why? No, yeah. No, I know. No, do you do you know why it makes a difference one way or the other? You finish top three in your division, you're in. Right. They're yep. fourth in the division. You're six points ahead of them. You actually have cushion right now, which is crazy. Right. And yet, I'm telling you right now, it it has the potential to go the wrong direction with this thing. You know, because let's put it this way: they're not going to, as we're saying this as we speak now, they're not going to be six points to the clear if. As this game progresses, if the Dallas Stars lose to the New York Islanders un- under new head coach Patrick Waugh, Crazy. man, is that weird to say? So wild. It's, I mean, I look, I don't know if it was weird for you to look at the pictures that like that were so clean shaven Patrick well, Waugh. Well, forget that part. Uh, surfacing to him wearing Islander blue. Yeah. Like it just felt weird, but you get the point. Um, but if the Islanders were to win that game, they jump New Jersey and Washington, go into the fourth spot. And listen, you're still five points to the clear. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you're going to have to like, you can't just let this week go by, run everybody into the ground and hey, good luck with that. You know, no, like, you you mentioned earlier that this week, if if this previous week had gone kind of as expected, you'd be looking at the Flyers probably getting three points out of these upcoming three games. But since you lost to the Ottawa Senators, you probably need four at this point. And like, yeah. if you can get if you can get five, obviously that's great. But like, you probably would really, really, really like four to be comfortable to be happy going into the All Star break. I think four is actually a safe number anyway because, like, I think it would be like generally speaking, wouldn't it? You know, you're going to play your fiftieth game on Saturday when you play Boston. Yep. 
wouldn't it be nice to be through 50 with a round number like 60 in the points column too that and be feels, like listen that feels really listen, good you're around numbers on on both ends you know that w- it would just be nice and yeah. i think that that's certainly a fair way to look at it L- i mean l- let's put it this way too let's just start with this because this is one of the markers that i had anyway because they've because they've crossed every threshold that there is right they had the playoff spot at Thanksgiving. They had it at Christmas. They had it at New Year's. They are now pretty much guaranteed almost to get to the All-Star break because Washington plays three times. New Jersey plays three times. Right. The they Flyers play like three times. one point together. To Basically, exactly. Clinches. They get right. one point over the course of the next three games. They have a playoff Keep spot. A playoff as spot. Of, right. They have a playoff spot as of, you know, the All-Star break, which would have been unheard of to say at the Six beginning months of the year. ago. Oh, right. yeah. At the Absolutely. beginning of the year. It doesn't mean that you have to, you can't, like, you don't have to be careful about the fact that prolonged losing streak and this is turning into a disaster all of a sudden. So they really need to write this thing quick if they want to keep, keep things going. Let's put it this way, just, just for, just for sake of argument too. Like, I believe I saw Washington's three games this week. They have one that like immediately is like, okay, that's not much of a test because it's like. You know, it's one of these weeks. Or, or well, I want to say not much of a test because Minnesota's played better, but Minnesota's the first team on that list. Okay. Not necessarily a team that you think that they are going to lose to, though. It's it's possible. And then they, But they finish it off with Colorado-Dallas, the same gauntlet that you just went through. So Washington would have to sweep Minnesota-Colorado-Dallas just to tie you, and you, can't, and you don't get any points. Right. That's yeah, how, no, it's, it's that's why I'm saying likely, it, it sets up yeah. that you're likely going to find a way to manage a a one point somewhere, whether it's one point right. lost You're, by Washington or whatever. As we sit here talking to you next week, the, we will probably be talking about the Flyers still being in a playoff spot. Sure. And th- 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 uh, like the actual only like the real unfortunate part of the whole thing, unfor- like th- unfortunately, is go look at what happened beyond because they played. Obviously, they played two afternoon games over the weekend. So Colorado wins. Okay, that's the way it starts. And maybe you weren't expecting, like, after all of the other stuff, right? After the scheduled loss in Winnipeg that didn't happen and you throttled Dallas. It's like, okay, maybe we're due for a game like this. So, And it's Colorado. It's not like you lost to, like, you didn't lose to San Jose again, uh. you know, kind of thing, right? And then let me just kind of go through, because there was most pretty much no other game. I think there was one other 1 o'clock game on Saturday, and that was it, like a handful of threes, right? And then everything else was night. And the Devils lost to the Stars six to two, and the Capitals lost to the Blues three nothing, and the Penguins lost to Vegas three to two, and the oh. Rangers lost to the Kings two to one. And all of a sudden, you look back and you go, everybody in the division they didn't lost. lose any ground. Yep. Well, it's not that they didn't lose any ground; it's a shame that they never got the equalizer in a game that they were playing like that they were pushing so hard on because right. even one point they would have gained a point on the whole thing. Now, guess what? And this is I'm saying this in real time, obviously, but so they they lose this after you know Sunday afternoon. Ironically, by the way, Dallas just tied up the Islander game, so it's one one. Carolina has Carolina has lost five to two, and the Rangers are down one nothing to the Ducks. Early, early, but down one nothing. Another day where is, you could have gained ground. And it's not even just that it's on a day you could get could have gained gained ground. It's like. The Rangers have been in, on a bit of a slide lately. So that's how you all of a sudden find yourself after Thursday, two points of, away from the Metro lead, Yep. you know, or, you know, two points out of a tie, at least first at that, at that moment. Right. There's and, also, and, a and I'm even looking at, but I'm even looking at the situation with like the Carolina game here. It's like Carolina didn't start playing. Like their that game started at five o'clock. The Flyers played at one o'clock on Sunday. Right. 
Carolina is going to go into that game. And maybe they're not, maybe they're not like crazy interested in the result. Like I don't think teams are doing that in teams January watching yet. Yeah. But if, but if you're just watching, generally speaking, you're sitting there going, we've known for three hours what the situation was with the flyers game, that they were going to lose this game at that point or that, or that they had lost this game. And here comes Carolina. All they got to do is get one point and virtue by virtue of games played. They're back in second. Sure. And, and we talked about, you know, the, the downside of where this week could go in the terms of, you know, they could lose all three games and, you know, still be in a playoff spot or clinging on or, you know, hanging out and right. whatever. But this week could also just easily go the other way. And if you get five out of six points here and like, I'm, I don't know how supremely right. likely that is, but I don't think it's crazy. And well, if you Detroit get five out of six other... points here and sure. the Rangers keep doing what the Rangers have been doing, we could be going into the all-star break with the Flyers having the well, division the rain, lead. The, the, well, I'm not trying to jump the gun with stuff like that. The Rangers to the Rangers have the benefit of, look, it's early in that game against Anaheim. We know sure. what kind of team Anaheim is. It wouldn't be shocking if the Rangers opened it up by four Ended now because and right. win that one. Then they play San Jose. Now you close it with Vegas and what has definitely been a scrappy Ottawa team because they also Ottawa, by the way, in addition to beating the Flyers on Sunday, lost in overtime to the Jets on Saturday. Yeah. And yeah, mostly outplayed and mostly outplayed them too. So yep. like yeah, Shane Pinto's starting to find well, he actually just he came just, back. He today, just played so. yeah. No, you're are you thinking of Josh Norris coming back too? Josh Norris, Norris is finding his legs. Um, but if Shane Pinto can add some depth to that team, they they might be I don't know if they're making the playoffs. I think they're a little, you know, a little far down at this point, but they might play spoiler for a bunch of teams. Like they're going to sure. be a fun squad. Well, to watch. And that's the thing. Like at some, at some point in time, when you realize that the flyers were not the better team in the, throughout the course of this, of this game on Sunday, you're sitting there going like the flyers for the course of the season are playing with house money because like, obviously nobody had them here in the standings and all stuff like that. But Ottawa is also playing with house money because it's like, hey, if you're competing in a game, it's been such a rough year for them just by looking at the standings that it's like, who cares? Like, go out yeah. and spoil, like, like go out and spoil a team's game. Then who cares? Go out and be, play spoiler. Yeah, and I I hope that's what new ownership is doing. But it is also new ownership, so that we might have guys gripping sticks a little tight, going, "Ooh, who does he like? Who does he not like?" I yeah, potentially, but I think that the, I, I there was definitely at least watching the game against the Flyers, there was an element of carefree, like sure. Well, and and yeah, like I said, Ottawa's a fun little squad, and in, even if they end up not making a playoff push, they can you know right make some teams uncomfortable down the stretch. They play sure. and they play fun physical hockey, so they're just a fun team to watch. Speaking of fun physical hockey, Tampa Bay looking ahead here. Yeah, I mean, I always get interested by and um, I'm trying to think because Winnipeg, when they played Winnipeg, it was this example. When they played St. Louis, it was kind of the, I think it was this too. Playing teams that they haven't played yet. Okay. Because I'm curious to see how they handle things like that. It's kind of weird to go through a big chunk of the season and go, oh yeah, it's all like you're you're more than halfway through the year and now you're seeing like a Tampa Bay conference team. Right, right. right. A Tampa Bay. Let's put it this way. Guess what? Th their first game out of the All-Star break is Florida. They haven't seen Florida this year. Oh, that's weird. Right. Like you're getting to the point where it's like, by the way, like, and ironically, like I'll use Detroit as an example because it's an easy one. They because they play Detroit the game after Tampa. They're going to play Detroit and close the season series. Right. On January 25th. 
Meanwhile, they're playing their first game against Tampa on January 23rd, and they won't play their first game against Florida until February 6th. I, I will say, just in general, I do like the NHL schedule. The fact that you see every team every year, the fact that there's a little bit less emphasis on divisional games. Um, right. But yeah, it is weird. Some of the weird cluster things they do. Like the, the Flyers will play three games against the Leafs this season. Mm-hmm. First one's uh, February 15th. Well, guess what? This is happening also, by the way, with Boston. This that Boston game on this upcoming Saturday. That's like the first game of the year. That's their first meeting of the year too, because they have two. Boston they have the they wow. they have back to back Saturdays in March. Okay. So one in Ooh. one in Boston first, then one in Philly again. So, so it's two might, in Philly. Those might be some fun games if if teams are getting geared up for the playoffs. If hey, yeah, I hear you. I mean, well, this is this is what I tried to tell you about, like where things were. Um, going to be with um the fact that after because uh, what was it that when they lost to pittsburgh it was the last divisional game they were going to play until the stadium series like something like that it, that's a big gap from january 8th to february 17th that's a big you know chunk without like to play as many games as they have in the course of the month of january and then not not see another metro team during that whole course of time right i mean think about think about like even down to we just talked about the rangers and how you know the Flyers got to within two points of the Rangers for the Metro lead. The next time, like they faced them on Black Friday, was the last time they played them. Yep. They don't see them again until February twenty fourth. Crazy. Imagine going from the, the you know the last Friday of November to February twenty fourth. Late February. Late February. You know, a, a legitimate three months time before you play that team again insanity right like so you so then it becomes it becomes it becomes a re like a redo of the measuring stick kind of game because you're going it's not the same thing as when no, they played them on team. thanksgiving weekend oh yeah. oh yeah it's an entirely different team just the way they carry themselves the vibe in the locker room just it, it's exactly a whole team so yeah. that's but, the interesting part like you're you're playing two teams you haven't seen yet this year both on home ice yep cool you get what you're going to get a feel for whether or not, you know, whether you stand up to them or not, kind of Absolutely. You're see how you fit. Tampa's then, a team that's kind of floating around the playoff race. And then Boston has been excellent again. Well, and then, season. and then, and then I'm sure that the Detroit game goes somewhere in the middle of, um, of the previous two. I mean, yeah. Whether it's, you know, you had one nothing and you had seven six in a shootout. So I'm sure it'll fall somewhere in the middle. It's got to, right? Right. Somehow, somehow. <laughs> like, give it's me a normal be... four to two result. Eight to three. Oh, stop! Don't do that. Eight to three. I don't know who. I'm not calling away. You do no. You do, you do realize, by the way, just saying, like you do realize how much fun I have sitting up in the press box when there's a seven four final and I got to go through all of these things. And oh, by the way, seven seven four when it was two nothing after the first period, right? And not even and not even a win, right? Like it's not even fun. <laughs> yeah, like five one was a little bit more fun than uh. Seven well, four of the especially when Owen Tippett and uh Scott Lawton did what they did. Yeah, that's true. Um, All right. Um, as we're kind of heading towards the end of the show here, uh like you want to been... pop this up too really quick. The uh yeah, the weekend events. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh there is a little bit of uh Flyers alumnus activity this weekend. Uh you yep. get the alumni game on Friday night against the Boston Bruins, and then on Saturday, Mark Reiki goes into the Flyers Hall of Fame. 
Yep. Um, supremely well deserved, of course. Obviously, a uh, a well traveled veteran, Mark Recchi. Well, um, uh, already a hockey Hall of Famer, so Flyers Hall of Fame only seems right. Is it absolutely suiting? Yes. Uh, even um, though even though he won his cup as a Penguin. Well, he's well. In fairness, he's got three of them. So oh, the other two were what the Canadian, Carol- Carolina, Carolina, and then Boston. Oh, Boston! I forgot he was on that. He, Boston he went out on top with Boston. Right, 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 right. So. Yep. Which, which is also the reason why, like, why the choice of date, obviously, like, yeah, it, it didn't just have to do with the fact that, like, because obviously, like, they're it, using it's a twelve thirty game, and he has a two thirty tea time. No, it's not that at all. Um, okay. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying it's obvious the date choice because to to have Boston, and they're 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 doing it kind of as a lump celebration. So there's also the you know the fiftieth anniversary of the seventy four Cup is this year as well. So they're naturally you're going to bring in the team that they beat for the cup that's pretty and funny. have a celebration to it's my petty under- and we love it well so to my understanding it, it's at least 50 alums are coming in for this weekend wow um just about every living member of the 74 team will be there that is awesome. i mean pretty much pretty much all i mean throw in the fact that one one of which is putting on the skates and actually playing in that alumni game that joe watson is going to actually suit up for it which that'll be that'll be a really cool day to be in the press box on saturday i'm sure well i'm try. i kind of am doubling down on this weekend because my the anticipation is i'll be there friday as well okay so uh to do the alumni game as well which at that point in time you're just uh, that's one of those there's well, that's one of those ones where there's no implications. I typically don't cover those. Like I've kind of like I've gone to a few of them just to go, but like I don't really cover the alumni games typically. Right. But the opportunities there, they're uh, Recky's going to already be in town by Friday. Well, obviously, because he's playing in a game on Friday. Also, a um, little bit of a little bit of a change of plans with that alumni game, by the way, because I when it first came out, it was the Crazy Eights line was going to play. Right. Um, unfortunately, they put out the. Brett Fedick had, I think, either tore his rotator cuff or something oh, like no. that. Um, so he will not be able to attend anymore. Um, Recky still get, by the way, so Recky still gets some pretty cool line mates for the game instead of playing on the Crazy Eights line. He still gets Lindros, and then he gets LeClaire too. Okay. So pretty you know, good. so I mean, those those two are kind of pretty still good. Two thirds you know? of the Legion of Doom. There's, yeah. I mean, so I've heard a few different things because I think you know Chris Terrians talked a lot about it on Snow the Goalie a little bit. So Terrian said he's playing with Dennis Seidenberg. Um, Bush is obviously in goal for part of this thing. Robert Esch is the other goalie for the Flyers, so that'll be fun. Um, by the by, the way, have you heard that uh, Bergeron's been doing some skating? And so Terry, he, cl- he, he claims could... that the skating is warm up for the alumni game. <laughs> um, Terry said that he believes that both Bergeron and Tara are playing in this game. That'd be kind of cool. Um. It hasn't been confirmed. Obviously, the biggest name that we know that is confirmed is Ray Bork, which is okay. cool as anything. That's great. as far as big names get. It's it's a pretty big one, right? Like it. That's insanely cool to begin with. Obviously, absolutely um, legend. Right? Like you just it, it's going to be one of those nights, and there and like there's crossover too. Like there's you know guys who played for both that are going to be involved in this thing, which is really cool too. So like, yeah. You, you know, gonna it's, really gonna, it's gonna be a fun celebration of 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 that, and then you got the next day, obviously, with the ceremony. This no, the twelve thirty start, by the way, is legitimate puck drop, from what I'm to understand. Okay, okay. The ceremony will be noon, so that is early I, if you have tickets. Well, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure at the be like kind of going into this whether or not it was gonna be like, hey, it's twelve thirty, but wink, wink, it's a one o'clock game. 
it's weird being in central time and seeing 1130 a.m. on the, the NHL app. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I know. It's very um, strange. But there you go. So that's, you know, it. Th- these things are always done well. I, I'd l- I'm i really interested to see how this goes. Uh, the whole thing, by the way, an alumni game, the a Hall of Fame ceremony, all of that type of stuff. Considering I'm pretty sure this, I it, well, it definitely is since the uh, New Eric press conference, but I'm pretty sure like this is the first one of these that like under Dan Hilferty, they kind of get to have their fingerprints on something like this. Mm, okay. So I kind of can't wait to see how they pull out the stops for this. Usually. I mean, these are usually done really well anyway, yeah, of course, but I wonder if it's not even done with even more gravitas than like even in previous years, because it just feels like you, there's so much up. on it, right? You, yes. You're talking about the 50th anniversary of the cup team. We just had the Ed Snyder celebration two weeks ago. Um, you get that many alumni in town. You get some people who haven't really played in a while. Like you're, you, we're we're building a special little storm here, and it it should be a lot of fun. Sure, and and and, and you know, like the here's the interesting part, um, because I I'm curious as to how that somewhat affects the game against Boston. You know, okay. when you have something more to it than just hey, you're playing the Boston Bruins today. You know what I mean? Like those game, you know, those games are going to have a good, solid crowd packed house. Now, oh I'm not, yeah. Now I'm not going to tell you that doesn't mean that there's going to be some Bruins fans that probably come in to see probably a know, bunch. Re- well, yeah. to see recce and to see the Bork. ceremony and well, I'm not even worried about the alumni game. Part. Oh, okay, the regular okay. game, you know, but you know, like I think back to, cause I, I know where something has even say this is because I saw all the uh, memories on, my socials um the lindros jersey retirement was around this time of year mm-hmm. when it happened several yes. years back and you're playing they're playing toronto and you know they're again you're, play, you're playing toronto so there's a link to somewhere else that lindros played but it's you know it's obviously his retired jersey retirement as a flyer and there's an energy about it and they come back and they won that game and, and it was an overtime and couturier scored the game winner it's like that's you know that lifts the place a little higher because it's not just it's not just another win like in dramatic win it's it was a lin, win on Lindros night like yeah, yeah. this is gonna be Recky's day and it's gonna be the seventy four Cup teams weekend and things like that and it's like how does that fuel what they've got going because because let's be real when this was all announced prior to the season starting it was not circled like this not in the right. sense that there was hey there's playoff implications on every game they play from here until the trade deadline and beyond. And, right. And like the clip of Recky going into the locker room and reading out the starting lineup on Saturday is going to, is going to be a really cool little clip. Cause you know, he's going to read the starting lineup. Let's be honest. It would be cool if he did. I don't and they're going and, and they're going to record it. They're going to put it out there. At least they should. You, you if, hope they're not, so. if they're not, if they're not doing it, like, come on guys, come on. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is a good spot for us to put a kind of a pin in it here. We will be back next weekend to talk about that game. A little bit of an all-star heads up, a little bit of a, a wrap on kind of the, the first half of the season. Yep. Um, so yeah, we will be back next week to talk about that. Talk about this week's worth of games in the meantime, for kind of more up to, up to the minute updates, follow Kevin on uh, Twitter slash X at Kevin underscore Dorso. Uh, follow the show at YWT Podcast. You can find us everywhere you find your podcasts, including sportstalkphilly.com. Um, yeah. Anything else, Kevin? No, just uh, continuing this busy stretch of games, you know. Ah. three. Well, and for me, it's not really three, is it? 
No. I'm throwing an alumni game in there, there. too. So it's a Yeah, but you did that one to yourself. Yes, I did. I I did. (laughs) Well, yeah. It, it is what all you know right. you, because it's rare you don't get those every absolutely year, so we'll, we'll talk all about it next week i was about to say i look forward to hearing all about it next week and until then say yes